I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And it's the Mutant Ages, a Christmas Yay! special in February. Sorry, March. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Warren laid an egg. <laughs> he is a chicken. <laughs> Just kidding. He's not a chicken. He's very brave. He's very beautiful. What do we do here on this on this show? We review every adaptation of the X-Men and talk about how gay all of them are, which is really easy in Warren Worthington's case. Yeah. Because he's a beautiful, beautiful angelic queen. And we love him. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the There's plenty of queer metaphors in a whole conversation between him and Magneto where Magneto shows there up and he's is. like, just so you know, I'm gay and, <laughs> and you're, you're also gay. gay. And Warren's like, no, I'm not. And like yeah, stomps away dramatically. Okay, but Magneto's an asshole in this episode. We're going to get to it. But like, okay, well, what? why did I, we they don't, do this to him? I don't what know. What the fuck? Well, okay, so previously on the X-Men, all okay. of season two is irrelevant right now. So I we're know. just going to like matter. say that. This is a one-shot episode. It's in, it's a bottle episode. Sort of, but because it goes, okay, but it's not because this is what establishes that Magneto is still alive. That's a good point, but they could have put this at the beginning of season two and it wouldn't have mattered. And I mean, we've talked a little bit in the previous episode about the know. air yeah, order. I, I think this is the weirdest way that they did that. Well, I think it's because it's the Christmas episode. So they were yeah. like, we need to put Merry it around Christmas. the time of the holidays. And, it, and so it needs to be a bottle episode episode that does not connect to anything else like it's all all the events of it are around christmas but everything else doesn't matter because it's all i mean they do a pretty good job of making this a holiday special with well while making it work within the structure they already have yeah I thought it was fine. So anyway, previously on the X-Men, the last time we saw Magneto was when he had constructed (laughs) Asteroid M to do the Hunger Games with all the Brotherhood and X-Men. And it's like, only the strongest will survive and get to live here when the rest of you can get fucked by humans. And we're like, whoa, what? (laughs) Then he like mutated Cyclops and Havoc and then... Into Dragon Ball Z characters. Oh yeah, also Mystique worked for Magneto for a really long time and then he just like dumped her off and was like, you're not good enough for me. So she crashes a ship into fucking Asteroid M and she's like knock knock and blew the place up <laughs> and then during that we thought he died yes. and so this is like where and we are Mystique, now maybe but although all the little baby brotherhood kids saw that a couple of escape pods left asteroid m at the time and so they were like maybe yeah. mystique is still alive and they this whole time been waiting around for mystique she's not in this episode i'm just saying that happened and i feel sorry well for yeah them. that's important also another plot point from mostly season one is that 
Rogue and Cyclops have some weird flirtation going yes. on in this because Cyclops recruited Rogue and like Rogue was, is lonely and horny. Right. Okay. Rogue is so horny in this I episode. Know. Like anybody who talks to her, she's like, oh, oh Did hey, you I'm getting. Me? <laughs> yeah, we're Poor like Whoa. Rogue. I mean, she's a teenage girl and she can't touch anyone. Like that's this is what I'm saying. She's still very much Rogue from TS. She's just younger. Like yeah, she's I mean, still you can doing the see same how shit. She's gonna get there. We haven't introduced Gambit yet on this show, but like I don't know. I can already see where we're going with Rogue, like flinging herself at some other male character pretty soon. Like I'm sure that's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, like obviously because in this, well, Jean's jealous, but we'll get there. Okay, I so know. this is a Christmas episode, and I loaded up in Disney Plus, and it was like at the end. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, yeah, I already watched this on Christmas. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you did watch it on Christmas and you said you talked about it on the show. I, think. I did because I, I this is one of those Christmas specials that I watch every year. It's because it's, it. it's, it's not too bad. I was sad that they did Magneto so dirty in this episode. Uh, same. But other than that, it's got some fun moments and it's it's. The final montage is like weirdly sad. I don't know. We'll get to it. Well, it's, yeah, the whole episode is really sad. Like the music yeah. in this, the choice of music in this is oh, very yeah. depressing. They wrote, okay, so the, I actually liked the music as sad and melancholy as it, it was. Is. So spooky, right? There's a lot of there. They specifically wrote a song or series of songs for Warren that I don't think are ever used again. So like in that way, it's kind of a high effort episode where they're like, okay, we need to write an entire theme song for this character who's not going to be on the show show like why I mean, he comes back later maybe they'll bring the song back as well but i don't like, remember they, they wrote a bunch of musical stings for him which i thought were really good even though they were like super late 90s synthesizer i was still like way into it because i'm the cornball and i was no, like i, I thought so this. too it, i mean it had like that spooky christmas vibe yeah, like because they have all the angelic singing but it's like synthesized angels singing which again was like very popular music at the time yeah it kind of reminds me of like it's a wonderful life or whatever it's like it's like a sad yeah. christmas story like which there are a lot of and those. there's like an angel but it's like a sad story about an angel that's like hey are you gonna maybe kill yourself because you hate your life anyway here's this angel <laughs> yeah yeah that's like most christmas special okay yes. christmas movies like they are sad generally very sad <laughs> or they're know. like really fun and goofy or like both you know like it's like that that intense juxtaposition yeah it always ends with like the main characters being like oh i am surrounded by people i love that's yes. like that is sort of what the Christ- even in this episode though that ending of like oh we're with people we love is very sad also which is interesting i mean it's very x-men to be like okay we're with people we love but like also we are alone and we yeah. are isolated from other people because they don't understand us fundamentally right. like that right. is the part of this episode that i thought was good and interesting there was a lot of stuff i liked about it okay so let's yeah. let's open up so it's new york city there's a million shots of them showing christmas in new york city yes and then we get a dramatic shot of worthington tower everything that warren does in this is like over the top dramatic like it's- he's constantly like okay so like this is what we're doing i love warren so much so warren's parents are calling him and this is back when we had answering machines for anybody that's younger than like age of 15 listening to this show people have seen it in television a lot i assume even if you're a kid and you're like well that's weird well anyway there was an answering machine with a literal tape inside that would like record a certain number of messages on the tape and so his parents call from london so clearly they're rich and also warren is like an adult man by the way he's in his 20s okay but also like he's not talking to them because 
like Warren, please speak to us. We're really worried about you, but also we don't care enough to come visit you for Christmas. I so know. I actually thought that was kind of perfect, though, that like they yeah, were away I, in London because they're rich and they don't really care about their son. But they're also like calling him and they're like, come on, Warren, get over this. I just I thought it was really good. Yeah, and then I, you I see thought that was good the too. mail coming through the mail slot and there's like a bunch of mail stacked up on the ground. Because like he just Warren's hasn't checked it. He's like taking depressed. care of himself. He's sitting yeah. in front of a fireplace because he has a fireplace in his apartment. Like brooding, looking into it. I love, of course he does. Well, he lives in the Warden Tower. And he has a really, really fancy like television set that's like super futuristic and cool. Like we can tell Warren's rich as fuck here, but he's also emo and sad. Yeah, I know. And he's sitting there. He's like sadly looking into the fireplace and he looks over at the TV yep. because it's like this uh, news reporter is like, there's a burning building and there's a disabled woman inside the burning building. And yeah, it's like, and it's like actively burning and they're like she's we can't get her out we don't know what to do and it's like live on the news <laughs> I mean, right which then. is really funny to me because like that's not how the news has ever worked I they're know. not like they're I like know. currently the firefighters trying to figure out how to get like this disabled woman out of the building like yeah, it's like right this second people are trying to figure this out it's like really what what's happening so anyway warren looks out the window and the burning building is like two blocks away and he can see it from his yeah, I don't know why I don't know why he didn't see he was too busy looking at his fireplace to look outside so then yeah. he dramatically throws off his cloak which is yeah, like he was he's wearing, wearing a inside, trench coat by the way I don't yeah. know why he's wearing that inside his house but he like throws it off anyway well okay none of this is explicitly Maybe he's cold because he has the windows open no, 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 so he no, no, can no, jump no. out though I don't think it's that I think that we are supposed to believe that the reason why Warren is inside an emo is because he has developed these wings and he hates himself and he doesn't even want to look at them it's very phantom of the opera where like he's walking around his own home wearing a coat to cover up his wings which is like that is really fucking sad if you think about it like he is not even willing to look at his wings to himself alone like that was how i took it was like okay he's so fucked up that he's like i can't even look at myself and i hate myself of course he's beautiful so it's like okay warren whatever but whatever fine so he dramatically rips off his cloak but also This is the moment where he makes a decision to be a superhero. So like up to this point, we're supposed to believe that Warren hates himself so much. He never leaves his house. No one has any idea he exists other than his parents, I guess. But we don't know if they know he's a mutant or not. They might not know anything. And he decides, okay, I'm going to stop hating myself and I'm going to go save this woman. So like all of that is dialogue free. He also has a whole costume ready to go. Well, not yet. Not yet. In this moment... He just has a cute little sweater. He's got a kicky little sweater on and some jeans. Oh, right. I thought he was wearing it here, but he doesn't. No, he puts it on later. He actually has like a whole arc with deciding to become a superhero that is not ever spoken aloud and it's just shown. I mean, that's like his actual history in the comic book. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. I was like, you know, they're showing us a lot here without telling us. That's your favorite. That is your favorite kind of storytelling right there. I love it. I love Warren. So he flies away wearing his little sweater and synthesizers play the angel song. And then um, <laughs> then we see this. The woman's daughter is outside the bil- the burning building. And she's like screaming that her mom is going to fucking die. It's sad. And Warren flies in and saves her mom. And no one sees this, by the way. I, I, they don't see this. And they don't see her see him putting her down on the bench behind like, everybody. Right behind either. everybody. And then he smiles at her and then flies away. And then the woman is like calling out to her daughter is like an angel saved me. And everyone's crying and is like, what the yeah, fuck is happening? Yeah, like it's like the woman. The woman also says an angel, the one with wings. And yeah. I'm like, OK, well, what other angels are there? But whatever. <laughs> also, how else would you have gotten out here? But- right, and then we go to opening credits. It's like, duh. it's playing that weird music where it's like, Ooh. Yep. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's like such a jump. 
Uh, so yeah. anyway, it goes to Xavier's mansion, which is decked out for the holidays, like yes. lights everywhere. Snow, Rogue is decorating the trees. It is. A, it's a beautiful. Another rich house. We go from one rich person to a different rich person. Yeah, but now it's Xavier with his huge fucking tree. Logan's stirring a little cocoa. Rogue's trimming the tree. She's wearing her goth formal wear again. I love that this is what her outfit is. It's the best outfit in the show. Jean's giving Kitty, Amara, and Jubilee matching necklaces. But like, but I also was like, but if but fuck Rogue, apparently, I guess she just did not get her something. Which is interesting. I thought it was so Jean Grey, where Jean Grey is is like so like she's like, I'm so welcoming, unless I don't like you. I'm gonna give necklaces to my female friend like it was so high school like yeah I loved it she gives one for I know she gives one to everyone except for Rogue and I was like wow G yeah Uh, but then there's this really important (laughs) scene where like Kurt's trying to well this is broken up we'll get there's the first part is Kurt is trying to chase Kitty around with mistletoe like she's like he's like come on Kitty let's make out and Kitty's like get away from me I'm we're not romantically attracted to each other he's like (laughs) I don't I don't even feel like Kurt's trying to like kiss her romantically. Yeah. I think Kurt's just like trying to be funny. This whole situation, I mean, we read a lot into this show and like there's really no argument for me saying this, but like it really reminded me of when you and Katie were dating each other, like quote unquote <laughs> dating each other. And you would like pretend or at least try to like make a sexual move on Katie and she would kick you in the balls instantly. And it was like this weird ritual that the two of you did where you never actually <laughs> kissed each other, but or like really touched each other. But like you would like act like you were interested in doing that and she was like no never and it was like I mean like Ryan's that was, <laughs> you know that's, I mean? that's that was also like Steph and I also like yes. uh, there, uh, there was two girls I dated in high school in which we did not touch each other <laughs> yeah I know but like you would always pretend outwardly that you were sexually attracted to them because you were like you know, being socially pressured to be straight or seem it. Yeah. And like, that was what the scene read to me. That, as. I mean, that's, because that's what I got to. Doesn't actually seem interested in like sealing the deal. Like, I don't feel like, you know, what's really funny is that they give him a love interest on this show, but like it just more and more seems to me that Kurt's just actually gay on the show. Right. Like that's the vibe I get. I don't know if he is or not, but like I, it's partially because you identify with Kurt so much. And like, I rem- he reminds well, this me version of, you. of him. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, some of that is me sort of projecting onto Kurt and being like, Kurt is just Ryan and Ryan's gay. But like, anyway, <laughs> the dramatic culmination of this scene. Oh, well, I guess, I guess that happens later. We can talk well, about it. Does. it well, we for, first it. we go over to Xavier. Who's talking to Logan. He's <laughs> yes. like, ah, to be young again. And Logan's like, yeah. Glad that's over. Which and then I I'm like, you don't even honestly. remember it. I know. I know. <laughs> and then Xavier's like, you know, Logan, you could spend the holidays here. And Logan's like, yeah, I have a bunch of exes I need to visit, actually. I'm not no, going to stay. Know. I wrote, Logan says, yeah, I got to fuck Sabretooth in the wood for nine days straight. Bye. Which is like, like all the more sad when we get to the closing montage. But whatever, we will get to the closing yeah, montage. Yeah, I know. And then, and then Rogue's going over to Scott and Jean's looking over and she's all fucking jealous. And it's so like, mad. And it's like, Jean, you didn't even try to include Rogue at all in your social yeah, like, circle. Or Scott, apparently. So, <laughs> and like, Gina spent season two being jealous that Scott's getting hit on by other girls, but also has made zero moves on yeah, him, except for that I one know. episode where they tried to get set up by Kitty and Kurt. And okay, then they're like, but then they spent the whole time fighting, which was funny, admittedly. But- I know. And so Rogue walks over to Scott and he's like, Ah, it's sure gonna be lonely with everybody gone except for us kids who have ridiculous villain and pirate parents. But it could be fun. We could fuck. I mean, I got you a gift. And Scott's like, uh, well, I didn't get you anything. And Rogue's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's all good. Ah, there's still time. Ah. It's like, 
I thought it was cute though that the two of them were the kids that don't have parents. I mean, I also I think it's it. cute that like they do a really good job at depicting teenagers yes. on this show. Yes, yeah. Like, or Rogue 100%. is like, it's fine. I just picked out an entire sweater for you, like in your size, which is an expensive present, by the way. And like Scott is like, um, I did not get you anything at okay, all. Okay, but like I remember being like that age yes. and there would be somebody that like a guy would like and like like from that age period from like 16 to 21 where I did not know how to flirt like yeah. I have a friend that was a guy and like I would get everybody something really nice for Christmas but I would get that one guy something like really really nice and like wouldn't explain why yeah, like way nicer than it needed to be but then also downplay it and be like it was nothing it was like so cheap it was and, like, like $7 don't even worry about don't it, worry about it. it's, it's like, like an $80 dollar spent, coat like, yeah like so much money on and you're like hoping they don't realize that you're in love with them well, but they also, do yeah I mean it's it's that is such a high school move yeah. so I mean, that goes back to Kurt who's trying to kiss Kitty yes. but Kitty gets out of the way and Kurt like makes out with Bobby instead yeah. and I was okay, like okay so Kitty sits next to Bobby like she sort of like collapses onto a bench and then Kurt collapses in next to her because they're like chasing each other Kitty stands up but Kurt has his eyes closed the entire time while he's going in for the kiss and then like just keeps going really slowly until he kisses Bobby and then is like, I didn't mean to do that. And it's like, what is happening, Kurt? <laughs> it's like, I, I sent you a screenshot. I was like, this show clearly knows that Bobby's gay and in the closet and they're just running with that. It kind of reads like Kurt is too, though. Like, I mean, I that's don't... what I said too. But like, it's just really funny because that's like the second time that or the third time that Bobby's been put in a situation where they're like, is this man straight? Like, yeah. what is happening? I mean, we already know he isn't. I mean, of course, at that time, he wasn't out. I mean, like, I, I appreciate that this show, like, definitely is trying to indicate that some of these characters are gay without doing like that. This is like a kiss with two men. That's on a cartoon in 2001, right? Yeah, like, that's I pretty... was surprised they actually kissed. I mean, they don't kiss on the lips. Kurt just kisses his cheek. But like, it's yeah. still like, I was surprised they did it. I, I was know. like, this is gay. This is really <laughs> gay. Anyway, so then then it's the next day and all the kids are leaving to go to their loving parents. And I'm yeah. like, that's not a thing in the X-Men, but OK. <laughs> Except for Scott and Rogue, who don't have parents. Well, yep. Rogue, Rogue has parents, but she clearly is never going to go to them again. Yes. Um, and course. so they're like all leaving and they're waving. And Jean looks at Scott and Rogue and she's still jealous. Yeah, and she's then, like sad and mad. And it's like, okay, Jean. Like, okay, Jean. And then Beast turns around and he's like, okay, so who wants to go get off on Cerebro with Xavier and I? And we're like, nobody wants to do that, Beast. Yeah. <laughs> And then they all head inside after Scott makes a joke about how he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, right. Um, and then we go over to Warren, who's hanging out in Central Park, reading the Daily Bugle because it's New York City and it's Marvel. It's playing that music again, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And so he's reading an article about the woman who was saved by an angel. And then he like sort of gets all emo about it and throws the paper in the trash and like walks away, looks at an angel on top of a fountain, you know, classic Warren Worthington shit. <laughs> It's um, just like so worn. It's I amazing. Know. And so then he sees a mugging <laughs> happening in the park. And now he's in superhero mode. So he okay, like. This is so, this is so funny because he dramatically throws off his his coat and yes. then runs away. And then Magneto dramatically peers around yeah, his uh, tree. Yeah, although we and I'm don't like, know it's Magneto whoa. yet. But we just see someone well, watching oh, come on, who else from the wears shadows. That of, course, of course it's fucking Magneto. But for the, for the viewer's benefit, it's not revealed that it is him yet. No, it's not. So Warren takes off his trench coat behind a tree, even though Magneto sees him because he's not being very subtle he flies after the guy he swoops down grabs the mugger who has like this other guy's briefcase and like pins the mugger by his clothes on top of a flagpole and the mugger's like which by the way that is like so dangerous i know i know (laughs) warren is not 
doing? He's not very good at this. this. Yeah. So then meanwhile, a cop rides by on a horse because it's Central Park and he's like talking to the mugging victim who's like, he carried him off an angel. It was an angel. And then like the guy's briefcase falls from the sky on top of the Well, them, at first the cops looking at him like he's like, the fuck is this guy on? Like, yeah. that is what he's saying. And then they both look up after the briefcase falls from the sky and the cop is like, holy fuck, that's an angel. What the fuck yeah. is happening right now? Right. So Warren lands back and over by the tree where he took off his coat. He puts it back on. And then we see... I mean, at this point, it's pretty clear it's Magneto because they do like a little zoom in on his eyes. He's like still peering at him. I swear to God that Magneto is just Mr. Sinister on this show. He is. And it would help so much if he just was If it was Mr. just Sinister. Mr. Sinister. I know. Just pretend that it's Mr. Sinister because it's going to like help you emotionally. Like it is not politically astute Holocaust victim Magneto. It is not him. That is not the guy. No, it's not. I don't know. I don't know who this character is. It's at this not point. Magneto. He acts like such an asshole in this episode and it makes no fucking it, well, sense. Every episode he's in i know so then it goes to like a news report and it's it's actually a really spooky scene where it's like a news reports and like everybody in new york city sort of reacting and watching this news report about seeing an actual angel and it's yes. playing that Ooh. yeah the spooky synthesizer but yeah. it's also like i also love the way this is i mean this brings me back to a pre well we had the internet then but this is like not the internet that we have now where it's like everywhere at all times mm-hmm. this is like we're watching people stop by windows in like you know a shopping of like of a store with tvs seeing this report then it goes to like a bunch of kids like listening to a radio yeah like the news on the radio i feel like this is also like the beginning of the 24-hour news cycle that we think about where it's like suddenly you hear a story over and over again all the time everywhere you go and like that's kind of the experience that's being shown here which is interesting it's like yeah warren is like taking over new york's local news and probably national news pretty soon because this is like an absurd story you know right because people think it's like some sort of like alien sighting now they're like this is on par with ufos like what's going on but then also some people are like religious like you see one of those guys with a classic like the world is ending sign outside like screaming at people to repent and his sign says like angels are among us now and like so people are really taking this conspiracy theory and running with it. I know. And so then it cuts over to the mansion where Beast is just reciting the Bible and Xavier's like, Shakespeare? (laughs) Yeah, okay, so Beast (sighs) says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And Xavier's like, "Uh, is that Shakespeare again? Because that's all you fucking quote here. And Beast is like, no, it was the Bible this time. And everyone's like, well, I think okay. okay, but it's really funny because I read it as like Beast being like, okay, clearly you've never read any book before, but okay. (laughs) I mean, there's that. I feel like it could go both ways where it's like, why is Beast quoting something again? And like everybody in the room is like, here we go. And Beast is also like, (laughs) okay, Philistines, how about all of you read? Like I'm sympathetic to everyone in this situation because it's like, why is any of this happening? It's a nerd fight. So then Xavier does the classic thing where he's like, well, I kind of see like obviously war is becoming a, out of control here because yeah. everyone's like there's a UFO and it's like drawing a lot of attention. But Xavier's yes. reasoning for it is like we need to go find Warren because if he is exposed as a mutant, it's going to expose us and I don't want to come out of the closet. So but the other thing he wants to do is recruit him like he sees dollar signs in his eyes. You know, I know Xavier like does not think about people as people. No. So. <laughs> So basically it ends with him sending Rogue and Scott out okay, to... Okay, but it's really funny because it's Rogue's idea. Like, Rogue is like, um, me and Scott can go to New York City alone, unsupervised <laughs> as teenagers, and find this random guy we don't know, and uh, we definitely won't fuck. And Xavier and Beast are like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, are yeah, you I fucking mean, like, kidding me? 
Also, like, Rogue's bored. I mean, there's that. I know. She's very relatable in they this. They go on a cute date to a diner in New York City together. Okay, they don't do that yet. First, there's a long montage of Scott and Rogue actually doing what they were supposed to do. They talk to all oh, the yeah, witnesses. Oh, yeah, they're talking to people. They talk yep. to the guy with the repent sign, and they get chased on the street by him. And then after they've investigated everything and they hit a bunch of dead ends, they don't find Warren, of course, because nobody knows who he is. Um, they go to a diner together and they get coffees and some cake, which is so cute. This is so teenager. I was like, that's what I felt too. I was like, oh, this is like when we used to hang out at a diner because like, yeah, that's... because it was like not a bar, but like almost right. as cool as a bar because it's probably 24 hours. So like, that's the place you can hang out. Uh, you know, it's I'm now at that age of uh, where like I have reversed because I don't drink anymore. So like now I've reversed. I'm like, I would love to just go like hang out at a diner yeah, like, you get know, some like, cocoa get some pancakes at like 3 a.m yeah get myself some like nice grilled cheese yeah, at 4 a.m yeah. yeah i don't know anyway Good so shit. rogue's like let's do something fun while we're here i saw a cool music store and you owe me a gift and scott's like shopping isn't my idea of fun but okay rogue <laughs> yeah and then he goes and then he, then he goes rogue and rogue's like batting her eyes and she's like yes <laughs> and scott just goes uh, these people we've talked think this angel's for real. Do you think it is? And Rogue's like, no, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, like she laughs at him and then she stops laughing and she's like, wait, you were serious? You thought the yeah, angel I know. was real? I mean, very, very teenage as well. Like, I feel like this is pretty classic. Um, like one kid admits to thinking yeah. something and then everyone laughs at them and it's like, wait. Uh, He's actually being serious right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's like put on our serious faces. Yep, and Scott's yep. like, well, I thought I lost my whole family. I was so depressed that I believed in a guardian angel was looking after Alex somewhere. And then he turned out to be alive. Maybe somebody was looking out for us all along. Yeah. And Rogue's just like, yeah, I don't know about any of that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so then we go to Magneto, who's standing dramatically on a rooftop, like Mr. Sinister would do. And no, I think he's on top of the, the Brooklyn Bridge, right? The Manhattan Bridge, yeah, or whichever bridge it is. It could be There's the a lot of bridge. bridges. And so this is why Magneto is like, time to just kill people. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck, Magneto? Like, why? I don't understand. Okay, I do nominally understand what his motivation is here. Yeah, where, but it's like, not he's good. trying to prove to Warren that if, if a superhero thing with a mutant goes wrong, humans are going to immediately turn on them but i feel like there was a better way to show that well like, first you like i don't know first he like rips apart the fucking bridge makes a bunch of cars crash into each other so a bunch of people get hurt and potentially die then another car dangles over the edge dangerously so warren flies over wearing his superhero costume now he has a mask he has all of it now yep he does he saves the girl he saves the, the parents, parents and puts the them down and like the car plummets into the ocean and then everyone comes running over and they're like, like oh they're wow like they're like oh my god it's the angel he's real they're like touching his wings and like stuff like that yeah and then magneto is in the background he uses this power st- i don't i don't even know what he uses it on like a metal cord one of the one of the suspension cables from the bridge that broke he wraps it around warren's leg and then like trips warren basically so that warren knocks into the little girl that he just saved and she falls off the bridge again which i was like <laughs> this makes no sense but like i I don't know Fine. like that's a, so, yeah i know then warren has to fly down and save her again but she falls in the water and like probably gets hypothermia all of this is going to be relevant later i mean like she like falls off a bridge and hits the water that's yeah, it's it, not somehow good. it doesn't kill her yeah it doesn't it doesn't so he saves her he puts her back on the bridge again and then magneto walks up behind the crowd and starts sowing descent and he's like I saw the angel knock the girl in the river. I saw it. And then another guy's like, yeah, me too. This is his fault. And the crowd turns on a fucking dime and he's like, let's kill this guy. Like, yeah, I know. Storming against Warren. And I was like, 
okay, I get what the story they're trying to tell with this episode, but it like didn't really work fully. And I feel like there was a version of it you could write that would work fine and would like totally explain it. And like, instead, it's like really random and feels like the crowd turned on him super suddenly. You know what I mean? They just didn't have enough time. I don't know. I feel like Magneto is off this rocker in this. Like, I understand his whole thing where he doesn't think that they can coexist, but then he's like... Okay, but usually in other versions of Magneto, he doesn't need to set it up. He doesn't need to do it. He can just stand in the background and see humans be terrible. And then he can be the guy who walks up sanctimoniously and is like, see, I told you humans are awful. (laughs) Which, like, yeah, that is annoying. But usually Magneto is not the person causing it. Because if he's causing it, that's, like, terrible. Like, why would he do that? That is terrible. I don't know. So... Then it cuts away and Rogue and Cyclops did go to the music store. They're having their little date. And Rogue's like, here's people talking about the news broadcast. And Scott's not paying attention because he's listening to music on headphones. So Rogue has to like nudge him to be like, yo, like they're talking about this. And they're talking about the incident on the Brooklyn Bridge and what happened to the little girl. And so then Scott and Rogue overhear that and aren't subtle at all. But somehow nobody is suspicious of them. Yeah, I know. Then it cuts the little girl who's like in a full on coma in the hospital. Her parents are sobbing as they are like forced to leave the room. Then Warren like dramatically flies in and he checks on her he like touches her forehead then he like cries and looks at a shadow for a minute (laughs) then then he goes then he hears the door opening so he goes into a shadow it's like an orderly comes in to like check on the little girl and he like hides behind a curtain and so then warren hides behind a curtain and like puts on a huge lab coat which somehow it's huge enough to cover his wings which like that makes no sense but whatever don't worry about it i don't know so warren walks down the hallway wearing this lab coat to like sort of disguise himself obviously takes off his mask at this point as well so he looks kind of normal ish and then rogue and scott are at the front of the hospital at the front desk like asking if they can see the girl's parents which by the way no one would let them do yeah i know and like the The front desk clerk like responds to them and is like oh yeah they told me they had to go to a church to pray and i'm like why would you give away personal (laughs) information to strangers about other strangers you would never i don't even know this that's not what would happen then rogue turns around and sees warren and then she sees a little feather fall from its coat and she screams it's him it's the angel and then like they all start running down the hallways and everyone stares as they're like running throwing shit like yeah. they're like grabbing like medical equipment throwing it on the ground and then yeah. warren like jumps out a j- window dramatically throwing off his coat again yeah and, and then flies, flies away. away and of course rogan scott can't follow him yeah and then they leave the hospital i guess i don't know we don't see I that don't know. that scene was crazy it i was, was like crazy. i don't know if i buy any of that but whatever i feel like they should have just run out the front door and seen warren fly away like that would have been fine with me instead of like yeah, destroying the hospital like... before leaving <laughs> Like getting, how did they not get in trouble for that? They probably did, and it just wasn't pictured. Well, no, Xavier probably just paid for it. Over to the church, the girl's parents are in the pews praying. Nightcrawler's here. Nightcrawler's also here with Logan, who's crying. Um, so then <laughs> Warren, Warren is there, but he's like way in the background, just like watching creepily and being sad and being like, "I guess I did everything wrong." Well, he's on a balcony, right? I think so. Yeah. And then there's more of his sad synthesizer song. And then Magneto shows up behind him and he's like, okay, what's uh, you up? have to let me write that. You have Go to let it. me have this. Cause I did a Ryan, I don't know, Ryan abridged that. What do we even <laughs> call these? It's like when Ryan writes his version of what's happening here. Okay. So anyway, so what, uh, first of all, I wrote it. I'm like, this is such a weird way to reintroduce Magneto into the series, I but know. whatever. So Warren's like, who are you? And Magneto says, someone gay like you. Yep. And Warren's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Magneto says, someone who used to be confused about their sexuality. Someone living in fear and self-pity, wondering if being gay meant he was cursed or blessed. And yep. Warren's like, 
Um, I'm definitely not gay. And Magneto's <laughs> like, you realize how gay you are? You can fly, and yet you live in shame of being gay. It doesn't need to be that way. And Warren says, I'm learning to deal with it. Magneto then says, you think by helping people to accept that you're gay? You saw how quickly they turned on you today. Do you want to live a life in fear or for the rest of your life? And Warren says, well, no. And then he looks dramatically into a shadow. And Magneto's like, there are others like us, Warren. Others who are so gay that just want you to join us. Mm-hmm. And Warren's like, what is this? Some kind of gay orgy? I don't think so. I jerk myself off with my wings. Goodbye. And that's it. <laughs> like stomps off dramatically. Yeah. And then Magneto starts throwing metal shit at him. And he's like, whatever, bitch, you're dead to me now. And like starts attacking <laughs> yeah, it's him. like, what the hell? And so he's like using a metal candlestick to wrap around him and his yeah. wings. And so Warren's barely escaping. Everybody downstairs sees them fighting around. It's depicted as like an angel versus demon fight. Yes. And Warren is screaming and Magneto's like, this could have been easy. Regrettably, you've chosen to make it hard. And I was just like, really, Magneto? You kind of did because you caused all of this. yeah this is like all your fault Whatever. actually like and there's this girl does not need to be in the hospital yeah Whatever. so the girl's parents like notice this huge mutant battle that's happening above them in the church for some fucking reason well they they think it's like something paranormal they're like oh my yes. god demons and angels are in the church that's what they, they run say. away and i don't think we see them again i think they actually managed to get away safely um and then the the fight continues but then scott and rogue show up at the front door scott blasts magneto with his eye beams magneto gets thrust out of a stained glass window and shatters it it's a very dramatic and cool animation there's like so much drama in I this know, episode I like know. it's over the top and i love it it is cool to watch but i was also like why is magneto doing this that's the big issue with this i don't know magneto and archangel are so fucking dramatic and they start throwing their coat they're crashing the windows they're standing in shadows they're like telling dramatic monologues they're like crying it's like oh my god everybody's having a moment and so then um warren is dramatically falling to the ground while wrapped up in chains and rogue is like scott he's falling and they don't help him because they don't know how because neither of them could fly scott does eventually figure it out so he He like blasts the chains off of warren at least and then Warren's like, who the fuck are you guys? And then yeah, Magneto flies that back in through the broken window and he's like, you assholes, he's on! <laughs> you fools, have you not learned that I can move candlesticks and paperclips around? Excuse me! <laughs> so then he starts throwing a bunch of paperclips at everybody. Warren flies out a window and Rogue thinks he abandoned them and she's like, a simple thank you would have been nice. And Scott tries to shoot Magneto but like fails at it and like hits a wall that happens to conveniently be falling in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Scott's just like not doing very good in this battle i know then warren flies back in behind magneto and grabs him and cyclops yep. is like angel let him go which is like kind of funny because cyclops doesn't know his name but calls him angel which like ha <laughs> anyway they wrestle in the air for a really <laughs> long time um scott blasts magneto and then rogue after magneto falls to the ground rogue runs up and like touches magneto's face with her hand really quickly and magneto manages to like overcome that instantly and like kicks her away i think magneto is very powerful though that's why he is then we get like a 20 minute montage of rogue and magneto flying around new york city like nothing happens yeah because rogue has metal powers now and so they just fly around it doesn't fucking matter magneto obviously wins this fight because why wouldn't he well it's like a tease at rogue being able to fly which i think they had planned to do because 
because in that like last episode they're like things that were going to be on the show and, and it shows rogue flying I'm it like, doesn't okay. make sense though so like in this version of magneto i think his costume's just made out of metal so that's why he can fly without like magnetic fields around him or whatever like he's just flying there's no magnetism yeah around he's flying him. he's like welcome to die yeah anyway <laughs> yeah but rogue why is why can rogue fly doesn't really make any sense but whatever i don't know this you know what we're not thinking about it it's just fun to watch so then she gets knocked out almost and then she's like falling and warren catches her and it's like oh my god look at this hottie oh you feel the on angel what a fuck and warren like, just kind of smiles and is like you are 10 years younger than me so no <laughs> but yeah, he again 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 with the age differences why wasn't he a teenager in this and for some yeah. reason he's 27 i he don't know why he could have been a teenager in this episode would have worked just as well it would have been way better if he was a teenager i don't understand why some characters are adults and others are not it never is revealed or makes sense i know but then I it know. goes back to the hospital now where the the little girl is go, getting ready to wake up or they're waiting for that to happen but outside yeah, so like rogan warren and scott are like waiting at the hospital for this girl to wake up but you they don't know her by the way so they're just like, yeah but also her parents are right there and somehow didn't recognize warren at yeah, all i, I know. know they was wearing a mask costume but like it seems kind of like obvious to me but whatever yeah it does um so then warren is like talking to scott and rogue and he's like i hope she'll be all right i didn't mean to and scott interrupts him and he's like you don't need to explain warren listen from what we've heard a lot of people owe you their lives so like clearly they've done some catch up off screen here and they know each other now and rogue is like yeah including me and warren keeps looking sad and he's like so this Xavier Institute of yours, what makes it any different from Magneto's pitch? I mean, it's honestly like it's a fair good question. Point. I know. And it he's is like, like, there isn't anything different. Like, there really isn't. like Xavier has guns in his fucking lawn, you know? I know. I know. And, and Warren's like, suddenly it seems like everybody wants me to join their organization or something. I felt like this is very like, understandable that Warren was like, I don't understand who the fuck you people are. So bye. It's like it's like I'm out of the, I'm out of the closet now, and like there's all these different like gay clubs that want me now. All these older gay men are suddenly very interested in me, and I don't want to hang out with them. They're they're all like want me to suck your dick, and I Warren's have a cool like mansion. no, come to my mansion, and Warren's like yeah, yeah come to I my mansion, know. like I'll let you stay in a room as long as you get naked for me. Like yeah, what, and like what wake up happening? at five a.m. every day and practice on my machine guns. Yeah. So then Scott is like, no, it's not like that at all. Believe me, we're nothing like Magneto. Which I was like, um. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Uh, yeah, I know. And then like Rogue's like, yeah, he's on a total power trip. I'm like, so is <laughs> Xavier. They're both on power trips. There's just like a whole line with Cyclops saying where he's like, we are just going to try. And, he's like, we are just trying to make good use of our powers while trying to fit in the world, um, which is fair. Um, both of them talk about fitting in. And I actually thought that was interesting because I was like, basically, they're like, we stay closeted. I mean, that's what Xavier's whole deal is. They, is yeah, like, well, they basically, Cyclops is like, the world's not ready for us yet, yes. which made me think a lot about the MCU where I'm like, this is a really good primer for, yeah, yeah you know, like this is a great way to get them in there. Just be like, the, they weren't ready. Yeah, it's to just be like, the world isn't ready for superpowered people, basically, is the argument here. Yeah, and then so Scott's like, why don't you come over for a little bit? You can stay in my bedroom. I'll suck your cock. It's going to be okay. And like Warren isn't even paying attention anymore. Yeah, he's like listening to like the nurses in the background. Yeah. Yeah, the, in the background, the doctor walks out. He's like, hey, your daughter woke up. Let's go see her. And everybody's excited. And so then Warren and Rogue and Scott, like, well, Warren stands up and he, like, excitedly follows them. And then in the background, Rogue is like, do you think he's going to come with us? And Scott's like, no, honestly. By the way, they all go to watch the girl wake up. I'm like, how are they all allowed in there? They, uh, well, 
I don't know. I mean, they're not really in the room. They're just like creepily standing outside it. She I was must, more like, how like, did no one notice this? You know? Me too, but I, I was like, first I was like, okay, well, if it was like somebody was in the hospital, you can go and visit them and like, yeah. you don't need to check in. I've done that plenty of times. But like, if they're in the ER, you cannot get in there. I mean, we ha- I think we have to assume it is just a regular room and that they're like, in the hallway and they're like oh uh we're visiting somebody else i mean it's very suspicious that they're all fucking standing there i agree it's like yeah i mean i agree i don't know like hospitals need to have better lockdowns anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah warren warren shouldn't have been allowed in here but whatever he was um and rogan scott he could just fly through the windows rogan scott are walking around yeah anyway so they go check out the girl she wakes up and she's like my angel came to visit me and her parents are like what the fuck are you talking about she's like my angel He's here. I know it. And then it pans over to like Rogue and Angel and they're both crying. Scott's like putting his arm around Rogue. I know. And Scott's like has a big doofy smile on his face and like so does Warren. That's the only like expression he makes besides the what the fuck face. Those are only things he can do. I don't even know how to take this honestly. Is it like yeah it's a good thing that Warren saved these people and pretend to be an angel? I guess it is. I guess it's heartwarming. (laughs) Like what is the like moral here? I don't know because it's like it sort of runs up against the idea of of, um, Xavier always being like we can't help people people we can't actually use our powers for good which like i don't know i always struggle with that philosophy because i'm just like if you have these superpowers shouldn't you use them to save people and help people isn't it kind of selfish not to yeah i i don't know xavier like does not have a good stance here ever i know i know but anyway apparently warren was in the wrong but also kind of not in the wrong for doing this who can say truly i don't know i think think, okay i'll be fair to the show i think we are supposed to believe that warren did the right thing here but it's like if that's true then how can we side with xavier you know what i mean like how can i we... mean again this is the issue the challenge we keep on approaching on this show is like <laughs> xavier's so evil sometimes that like they like it's hard like when have we agreed with xavier on this show i mean that's why they have to make magneto so evil like magneto has to be so over the top because right, the counter argument is like what the other person is doing is so bad and it's like okay but like xavier is just actually bad yeah that's it And I mean, I think there is an argument to be made in this episode that like, yeah, obviously the humans turned on Warren because Magneto like forced them to through misinformation. But like that basically tells you, the viewer, that probably it is time for the X-Men to come out and be like, we're superheroes and we're going to start helping people and like working for people. I don't know. I don't know. Well, so anyway, before this episode wraps up, we get a nice holiday montage. We see it's playing spooky, sad music again. Yeah. Well, it's nice, but it's sad. It's sad piano music. I don't know why it's like sad pianos. It's like, here's all our gays. They can't come out of the closet. I mean, I think that's part of it is that it's like, yeah, they're all alone in their own ways, but they're also trying to be together. Anyway, so Jean is picking out a tree with her family. Yeah. I liked that they showed Kitty Pride celebrating Hanukkah with her parents. I thought that was really cool. I did too. Cool. I thought that was nice. Uh, we see Kurt, Kurt is getting walking off, a, off plane. a plane. Wearing his image inducer self, by the way. So he's like not blue anymore. And he meets his parents and they're really right. excited. And I was like, that's kind of sad. Like, I mean, uh, I don't I know. I know that is pretty sad. Evan and his dad are having a snowball fight. And then they throw one at Aurora and she creates a blizzard to kill them. I thought them. that was funny. <laughs> I thought it was too. Then it goes to this really sad scene of Logan in a bar playing Alone. pool by himself drinking and looking for a saber like trying to pick up guys like yes, i don't know yes. like, this was his fucking sad ass christmas was logan alone in a bar trying to like get fucked in yes. the ass that's it and then it then it ends with like xavier and hank toasting in front of the christmas tree with coco yeah which... and it's like again a sad song is playing where it's like beast is completely isolated from every other person other than xavier who's a dick 
and they're yeah, just Kurt's alone, like not being himself toasting at all. with the cocos. Like I don't know. I I thought it was an interesting ending. I liked it because I was like, this is right. sad and weird. Well, it reminded me of like when we were teenagers, and like I know there was also like we all, we had like good parents. Like that wasn't an issue. So, mm-hmm. but I think it was tough when we were all in the closet and we like all just wanted to hang out with each other on Christmas instead because we all felt like we truly couldn't be ourselves during Christmas time. I mean, you know? like God knows, I didn't get along with my extended family. You heard me complain about it for years before finally being like maddie stop visiting them like you complain about your conservative family members being homophobic every fucking year stop going there and then i did yeah and then you stopped going yeah i mean christmas used to be terrible for me and now it's not like that anymore because i don't go there anymore christmas was not terrible for me i I, christmas was always really good and nice but then i went through my teenage years where i was like i just want to be with my friends mom (laughs) it's like Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. wakes me up to open presents. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like this episode shows the full spectrum of that experience, though, because you have people like Gene and Kitty whose parents still love them, even though they're mutants. And then you have people like Logan, who's completely so isolated as a person that even though he has friends and a supportive, like, queer family, he's like, no. They want him to stay. I would rather go to a bar alone. Like, that's sad. That is sad. But it's also very Logan. Like, it's... It's also, like, I didn't even really think about the gay metaphor that you popped up there. I just thought it was him, like, waiting for Sabretooth to show up. But the idea that he's at a bar waiting to, like, discreetly hook up with, like, dudes in their, the back of their it. car. Which is, like, that. that is, like, what, like, old gays that yeah. were in the closet did. That was, like, a whole fucking subculture. It still exists. I don't know if it's, like, as intense as it used to be but that was like the only way like there was a fucking video game made about it yeah i mean that was like how i read that and then also like xavier and beast like again beast story is kind of sad like he can never leave because he like has this physical appearance that it scares people so he's like well okay i don't know i guess i'll spend it with this man who has guns in his front yard who he barely knows i don't know it was interesting it it made me think well but also xavier would also have been spending it alone by himself because rogue and scott are like in a hospital crying with this random 27 year old that they met <laughs> like meanwhile magneto doesn't show up to see like xavier on christmas because he he's too have. busy actually that would have been interesting. that would have made this story so much better instead i don't know who even know who fucking magneto is on this I show don't either it's honestly like i would have liked this episode so much more if they hadn't done this to magneto by the way rogue and scott story is sad too because they're like we just don't even have families and we don't even want to be with the family that we're with i mean i guess that's true but they also have each other which is kind of cute i mean i know they're like weird versions of themselves but like i don't know i think it's kind of like there's almost a found family thing for them here because they're hanging out with warren and like warren doesn't necessarily have a great relationship with his parents also yeah warren's also like abandoned as a child i don't know like this is like a really sad christmas episode it's even more sad because they're watching a family of like a a sort of like classic nuclear family of like these two parents who get to hang out with their beautiful daughter on Christmas who woke up and she's finally safe and like happy and everything. And like it's a Christmas miracle. Queer kids who basically don't have parents are standing outside the window crying and being like, thank God we made things good for these straight, happy people. We fixed their (laughs) lives. And also we don't have parents. I don't hate this. I think that's interesting. Like it's like sad. I I, I mean, I like this episode. I always turn to it during Christmas time for reason it's not like yeah. i'm just like uh christmas episode they don't enjoy you know what i mean yeah i mean it's good i mean it, it 
it's just also kind of melancholy. I don't know. It is. I, I'm not it's sure like, what to rate the episode, though, because like there were a lot of things I really liked, but the Magneto stuff is so distracting. I don't know. It's like definitely like a three out of five. Where it's yeah, like it's, I was going to give it a three as well. Even though I really liked the parts I liked, I just, the parts with Magneto are like a huge chunk of the ep that I'm like, what are you doing, man? What the fuck are you doing? I mean, it's a, I, if you want a good goth Christmas special, this definitely falls into that category. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's sad as hell. I mean, it is. It doesn't even have like a happy ending. It really like, doesn't I guess, because you know Warren's not going to go with them. And so Warren probably isn't a superhero right. anymore after this. He just had a little short stint of like not hating himself for a week. And then his parents are probably going to come home and be like, you need to keep wearing your coat, honey. I mean, also, he's a full grown man. Like, okay, I but also like there's like this whole thing where it's like, is he going to come? to the Xavier Institute no is he gonna be a superhero no well I guess I just have to continue hating myself then yes. which is like that is really sad is that the only option by the way he spends the whole episode being like wow I it, because of me I almost killed a child because I'm that horrible as a human being it's like wow but it actually wasn't because of him I mean I okay. it was because of Magneto fuck Magneto in this like what is he doing at least Scott and Rogue like kind of convince Warren that he wasn't his fault I I mean I think they convince him I don't know because at the end they're like you know you you obviously meant to help people and that's what's important and that that is what's important in the long run yeah and like he did help a lot of other people I do also feel like Warren is very in character for this yes. episode he's oh, yeah. so goth is so dramatic talk about Warren it, might it is be. that's a good that is a good time all right it's been a while who's Man, I, we used to do this all at the same time. I don't know what happened. Well, okay. I feel like, do people get that it's supposed to be who's that Pokemon? They do, right? Yeah. Do they? It's Jigglypuff. Yeah. Okay. yeah we, we, so why here's didn't we... the thing, Ryan. The rhythm of who's that Pokemon is who's that Pokemon? And we do and you not and I are do just that like, rhythm. Do, yeah, we don't. Well, this week it's Pidgey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know why I haven't been doing that all along. That would have been really funny if I was just like saying Pokemon each time or choosing a Pokemon that represented the X-Men that you were right, doing. Exactly. Like for Mystique, it's like, it's Ditto. Yes. You know, I don't know. Why haven't you been doing that? I what don't know. Fuck? I guess I'll have to just do that going forward. I guess we'll I have don't to know. redo every single previous episode of this show and we can't you know, move forward dude, until So we do is that. Wolverine like a Sand Slash? That's the best. No, he's like a Scyther. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, this is really funny. We need to do that. We need to make a chart. Okay, I'm okay, laughing so hard at myself. Let's talk about Warren. Let's talk uh, about his history because it's long. Okay. <laughs> well, it is. But funny enough, like he's had so many gaps in his own history. Like the, like I talked about this briefly before we started recording, but like the first like 15 years in that original run of the X-Men, he's just like the pretty boy on the team. He doesn't like, I mean, like the only real character development we even see in those original comics is like kind of between like Gene Scott and maybe Beast. But like Iceman and Angel for the most part are just kind of like, we're on the team. I'm Wingman and I'm Iceman. Like that's like their whole deal. Yeah. It wasn't until like later on in the late 70s, early 80s that they started exploring more of what to do with Warren. And then it just gets kind of funky. Um but anyway, so I'm gonna, I mean, I kind of cut out some of the bullshit that I felt was like, this does not even matter. But anyway, so his real name is Warren Worthington III. He is number three on Ryan's top 20. I'm pretty sure I already said this at some point when we saw Warren. At, like, we didn't do the spotlight, but I was like, everyone, he's my number three. You all need to know right now. Yeah, I feel like you did already reveal that, but it's possible you didn't. In any case, he's, he's Ryan's number three. Yeah, I mean, him and Mr. Sinister are up there with Julie and... The mysterious number one and Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm just getting sidetracked here. Um, so as Angel, his powers are 
flight with his wings and enhance physical powers. At some point, he gets healing blood also. As Archangel, he has flight with his metal wings. He has razor sharp feathers and superhuman physical powers. He was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. All right, let's go into his very goth emo bullshit. <laughs> History, the historical lesson of the original goth, Warren Worthington III. Yes. Warren was born in Centerport, New York, to Catherine and Warren Jr. He attended the Phillips Exeter Academy when his feathered wings began to grow. Warren at first thinks of himself as a freak, but then realizes he can use his powers to save people as the superhero known as the Avenging Angel. So that's basically this episode, that whole mm -hmm. section. Uh, when Warren joins the X-Men, he originally has a crush on Jean, and since she decides to fuck Scott instead, Warren dates this other character, Candy Southern. During a mission to the Savage Land, Warren is attacked and falls to his death. He is saved by Magneto, who gives him his blue and white costume. You know, that's his... Uh, I don't know if that was like the 70s, but it was like that era. Mm -hmm. uh, unknown to Warren, Magneto can use this costume to take possession of him and attack ex the X-Men and Xavier. Not great. I don't know why that is. That's just that plot point. When Warren's uncle, Bert, who ironically also goes by the name of the Dazzler, but it's not Dazzler, kills Warren Jr., a.k.a. Warren's father, and poisons mm -hmm. his mother to gain the inheritance of the Worthington name, Warren outs himself as a mutant to the public. And also, like, so he can keep his inheritance. Right. Uh, after the X-Men are captured by Krakoa, Professor Xavier sends a team in to save them. And after this, Warren and Bobby leave the X-Men to form the champions in uh, L.A. I think we talked about that on the Iceman spotlight. Yeah, I think so, Briefly. Too. Warren is then kidnapped by Callisto, who intends to fuck him forever. Mm -hmm. Storm and the X-Men save Warren right before she clips off his wings, which is also when Storm fights Callisto for the leadership of the Morlocks. Like, of that's course. all the same We talked about this in the package. Callisto episode. And the Storm episode. Yep. Um, Warren then joins the Defenders using his Colorado house as their base. Warren discovers that Jean Grey is alive and that <laughs> she is furious that the X-Men are working alongside Magneto. So Warren organizes the first X-Factor with the original five X-Men and recruits his college friend Cameron Hodge to run the team. We talked about that on Cameron Hodge's uh backstory when we did his spotlight mm -hmm. warren does not know that cameron hodge hates mutants especially warren it's like so War cameron hodge is like i actually hate you but i'm not gonna tell you that yeah which is really creepy i mean that was what we talked about on that episode we did uh then g needs so emotional support dealing with the fact that scott is now married to madeline Pryor, and warren confesses his love to gene destroying his relationship with candy southern cameron portrays the x factor as mutant hunters for hiring for hire, fueling the anti-mutant sentiment, Mystique discovers that the mutant hunters are the original X-Men, and she exposes that Warren is the financial backer of the X-Factor. Then after that, during the mutant massacre, Warren's wings are mutilated and ripped off, and Cameron Hodge orders for the wings to be fully ripped off. So Warren is so lost and depressed that he escapes the hospital that he's in, steals a jet, which supposedly kills him, orchestrated by Cameron Hodge. It's like this whole like crazy thing where Cameron Hodge is like, Haha, now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Seconds before the jet explodes, Apocalypse just blinks in and whisks Warren away and offers to restore his wings if Yay! he's willing to serve Apocalypse <laughs> as his as one of his four blowjob men. I mean, horsemen. Yeah, of course. Uh, he gives Warren his metal wings and calls him Horseman of Death. He also gives him a date rape drug that makes him do everything Apocalypse says. Oh boy, this is the stuff of fanfic nightmares and dreams. I, I mean, it's just the start of Warren's nightmare or erotic fanfiction. I don't know. Yep. Uh, 
Uh, Apocalypse then uses Warren to fight the X-Men. Bobby fakes his death in order to snap Warren out of it. And it actually works because they are in love and also fucking. Mm -hmm. Warren seeks out Candy Southern, but finds that Cameron Hodge has lobotomized her to protect Cameron's secrets, such as the right. We talked about this on Cameron's spotlight. Hodge then murders Candy in front of Warren and Warren decapitates Cameron Hodge as a revenge. Warren changes his name from Death to Dark Angel because he's goth <laughs> as fuck and rejoins X Factor and then takes on the name Archangel. Which makes a little more sense than Dark Angel. But I don't know. It's whatever. very goth though and I love it. <laughs> yep. uh, Warren then dates Charlotte Jones, a New York City police officer. It is during that time that Warren's survival is made public and Warren can take control of his family's business and fortune again. Gene figures out that Warren's new wings operate off of Warren's un unconscious desire for violence because he's still like Archangel. He's got the metal wings. He's got the blue skin. He's like a blue jay mm -hmm. with metal wings. Yeah. Um, Warren stops dating Charlotte Jones because he starts dating Psylocke, uh, which we all know about that relationship. Uh, when Psylocke is supposedly killed by Sabretooth, the X-Men and Warren track him down to capture him. Before they do so, Warren's metal wings are largely damaged. Eventually, the damage to his wings spreads so much that his original wings shatter out from underneath his metal ones. And yes, I have that comic book framed on my wall uh, <laughs> and goes back to his normal angel form. But he continues to have blue skin, but with the white feathered wings. During that time, Katie nicknamed him Bluebird in Warcraft Valley. Uh, <laughs> then a bunch of stupid stuff happens with the Thunderbolts and the Twelve, in which his wings turn into glowing light and he gains talon-like hands and healing powers for a while. This doesn't last long. It's also something we could honestly just skip. Uh, Warren returns to the X-Men and finds that Psylocke is dating Thunderbolt 2, uh, which is a bad plot beat from Extreme X-Men. Rogue leaves leading the X-Men's field team to go work for Extreme X-Men, so Warren is in charge of her old team. And during this time, they have frequent face-offs with the Church of Humanity and the Brotherhood of Mutants. It's also during this time that Warren is deciding to do this like weird threesome relationship with Husk and Stacey X. Like, he can't decide which one he wants to fuck more. Yeah. Warren then fights Black Tom Cassidy, who at the time had morphed into a plant vampire. And he sucked so much energy out of Warren, a.k.a. his cum, until his skin returned back to being a normal color and not blue. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, Warren is sidelined for the entirety of the decimation run. He comes in and out with some side plot points, but nothing of importance. Then there's like some shit with him working with the former champion members to stop the rampaging Hulk because it's the only thing Bruce Banner does in his free time. <laughs> Warren joins the X-Men in finding hope as the baby during the Messiah complex. This is what I mean. Like they like just like. After all this, we're like, nah, she's going to be the background for like the next 10 mm, years. He's going to show up at random in the background and like help out by flying in. Yeah, exactly. He was also involved in that weird storyline where Lady Mastermind had all these people imprisoned in an illusion thinking they were in the 1950s, which WandaVision much. <laughs> Warren is later brutally attacked by a mind-controlled Wolfsbane who rips off his wings and takes them to the purifiers who are just controlling her. And they discover that the apocalypse strain, a techno-organic virus, is what compromises Warren's current wings. They use this to give all the purifiers metal wings like Warren. And then Elixir tries to heal Warren's wings, but finds that he can only heal Warren's wounds, but not the wings because the apocalypse strain is blocking that. Warren then has excruciating seizures and his wings grow back into metal form and his blue skin also returns and he turns into Archangel again. Great. Warren then goes to kill all the purifiers in the blood rage. He then reverts to his non-blue skin with his regular wings. Warren <laughs> tells Logan that I can't I can feel my wings. They want to come out, but they just can't. And Logan's just like, uh, OK, Bob. Uh, <laughs> Elixir then determines that Warren's condition is permanent and he can shift between Angel and Archangel at any time. This is during the X-Force run that like was Scott 
Scott's secret hit squad. Mm -hmm. To study what happened between Warren and Wolfsbane, they are put into the same room and forced to stare at each other until this triggers Wolfsbane to go in a psychotic rage again and try to rip out Warren's wings. And this forces Warren to morph into Archangel again. Great. <laughs> great, great, great. Great plan. Good. Yeah. Warren then joins the X-Men and X-Force, but Scott forbids Warren to tell anyone that he can shift it to Archangel anytime. He also tells them that he's going to be part of his secret hit squad, X-Force, and to not tell anybody any of these secrets. <laughs> Later on, Warren has to transform into Archangel in front of Beast, and Beast is mad that Warren didn't tell him that he could even do that, and Warren has to bury that because otherwise it would expose, it would expose Scott's secret hit squad. So, like, Warren what takes the blow ever? on that one. Okay. God, Scott yeah, gets thanks. so annoying during that time I, period. He's he's when has he not been annoying? I good point. During the Dark Angel saga, Warren's mind finally reverts completely to being a horseman of death, and he tries to be the heir to Apocalypse. Cyclops then stabs him with the Apocalypse Seed, and he seemingly dies. She later finds him with the X-Force, and he has no memory of who he is because now he has amnesia, and he also isn't blue anymore, but he has the metal wings. Great. <laughs> Love that. Uh, it, this is what I mean, like, like it's off the fucking wall. It is then revealed that Warren did in fact die, but his soul departed to the afterlife. But there's a celestial mutated body hosting inside him or some stupid personality. It has no memory of his life with the X-Men or his friends. Honestly, I think this is Warren just like plain dumb, but whatever. <laughs> he attends Xavier's school as a student now. Warren then befriends the clone of Apocalypse, Evan. Warren is convinced that he is a real angel and he tries to fly to heaven, but obviously falls when he like hits like the atmosphere and he like finally accepts that he's a mutant. While he falls back to Earth, he, Evan saves him and Warren's like, I can see people's goodness in them. Warren, <laughs> Warren leaves the school with Bobby and Rachel to fight against the Avengers and the X-Men versus Avengers plotline. And after that battle, battle, his memories return to him and he's just Warren again. So whatever that bullshit was about him being a <laughs> new person, it was just like some amnesia bullshit or Warren being dramatic. Nobody really knows. Just comic books. Don't worry about then it. Then Psylocke mind controls Warren to be a mind controlled silent assassin for a while when it's during Magneto's Uncanny, uncanny X-Men. Psylocke and Magneto travel to Colorado because there's an angel man out there now who looks like Warren preaching to religious fanat fanatics and starting a cult. So now there's two angels. This is the angel that was created by the Celestial Life Seed. They discover that the clan Akaba are harvesting Angel's actual body, which is rapidly re regenerating his metal wings, and they keep on cloning him. So now there's just hundreds of archangels. Great. It's not even clear who the fuck is the real one anymore or whoever it was. The silent archangel who used to think he was a real angel that Silicus is controlling then merges with a, the original angel and they turn into this blue skin persona of Warren then dramatically falls to the ground and screams, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> I love it. Meanwhile, on top of all this, the time dis displaced e teenage angel is also here for all of this. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Age I was of X wondering when we were going to get to this part. Yep. Yeah, here we then, go. I know. I just like I skip over that because I I like I Baby don't Warren spend any also time. Exists. The only the only thing that's important from that is that like that version of Beast also learns how to combine science and magic and Bobby comes out of the closet. That's yep. it. That's all that's even important. And then it says, and, uh, sorry, then it says, then I wrote, in Age of X-Men, Warren is one of the horsemen of Salvation, which is you know, Nate Gray's fake utopia world. And then more recently in House of X, Warren was involved with the uh, mission to go destroy the, the Mother Mold. He has since been resurrected and seemingly, seemingly is just the original Warren Worthington III and hasn't done anything since then. Great. So there you go. Great. That is stuff. the history of Warren. I did so that in 10 minutes. Stuff. I'm impressed with myself. 
So congratulations. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Love war. We were worried it was going to be very long because we're like, okay, well, his history, he's been around forever. And also 10 he, minutes. You're, you're pretty good at this. I mean, I think well, not originally, originally I was like, I'm here's Wolverine's history. It's going to be 25 minutes long. So well, we did it. Great episode. We did um, it. But we do have to talk about who's gay. The X-Men I mean, like, everyone's gay in this. Like, everyone. Okay, well, first of all, Warren is gay in the sense that he's coming out of the closet and this other older gay man has shown up and be like, now that you're out of the closet, I can show you how to, like, fuck, like, a real gay man. Are you talking about Xavier or Magneto with that comment? Because it really could be either one. Well, I mean, in this episode, (laughs) Magneto is more present for it and he's, like, got his dick out and ready to go. I guess Magneto is also gay, but I just don't like his portrayal. I don't don't even understand. This version of Magneto is also, like, because you're out of the closet and we're both gay, the only thing that gay men do together is have orgy so would you like to join our like i don't like that stereotype i don't like it I mean, either i don't like all these trench coats in central park it's really like harkening <laughs> back it's harkening back to like a piece of gay history that exists but it's very depressing and it's like depicted as predatory i thought you're gonna be like it's harkening back to when we were in high school and we all wore trench coats okay it is doing that as well i mean this was also the type period where trench coats were wildly popular because if you were an outsider you wore a trench coat and like yeah, that's okay. how it was okay yeah. the matrix existed at this the point matrix sure did exist and it was gay too <laughs> You know, nothing, nothing queerer than the Matrix. Um, But I feel like we have to talk about Kurt and Bobby at least a little bit. Oh, my God. They're actually gay. I love this. They're literally gay. I mean, I love that scene. It's also like, what the fuck is happening with these poor teens right here fighting (laughs) each other and like getting into little squabbles? Like, are they Yeah, but also like, I don't know. I like how they pretend after. It's like, oh, we didn't like kissing right now. It's like that. It is got that same vibe as when like Kitty and Rogue are like, what? We would never kiss each other. Yeah. And it's also like both of them had a lot of opportunities to move out of the way and did not take them. So what is this what is i don't know the screen cap that i have that i took of kurt before he even kisses bobby he opens his eyes and then he still kisses him anyway Mm -hmm. just pointing that out (laughs) okay well those screenshots will be on the mutant ages twitter i guess Um, they're on my twitter right now i'm gonna go ahead and say that kurt and bobby are the gayest part of this episode because thinking about magneto is because they actually have a kiss like there's an actual on screen they're gay and they're very lovable and the whole storyline with warren it's sad i mean it doesn't mean it's not like gay. i mean they're sad in the fact that like all these kids are like queer and they're like in the closet and they're like we can't be happy during the holidays or because we're not yeah, normal. or like logan going to the bar by himself i mean that's also pretty fucking gay okay that was really gay i didn't even read that until you pointed that out it's like oh wow that is like an older man gay that's like in the closet like using the bar for like the hookup scene yeah i know he's like i'm just gonna suck some dick in the bathroom real quick i'm just gonna come here alone and like suggestively hold this pool cue and like hope somebody sucks my dick like i don't know it's sad i poor logan is he gonna be okay yeah. we he could have stayed I, I wish he had stayed and fucked beast 
I but know. they're not there yet. Well, they aren't there yet. They may not get there on this show, which is kind of sad. I don't know if they're going to get Wolverine there. Wolverine is a weird character on this show. I don't like him and Aurora. We always come back to this. It's like, I know. why? I mean, like Storm creating the blizzard in response to the snowball fight is like the closest we've seen to Storm possibly ever on this show. And except that it happens during a sad piano montage and it's like depicted <laughs> as sad. And it's like, what is happening? Why is everything sad? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Warren, Bobby and Kurt and Magneto, they win. Kurt and Bobby, I definitely like that vibe with Bobby where like he sees that somebody's gonna kiss him and like I and remember like, being I that see age if I like this or not I might okay like- but I, I really specific really remember that feeling of being like oh there's like a guy that I like that's sitting near me so I'm just gonna put my arm out like this and see if her hands like accidentally touch each other oh this is sad Ryan this is sad I, well, it's not sad because I'm not like that anymore I'm a lot more forward about well, it I guess that's true I'm just kind of like hey I'm into you and it's yeah. like, okay, well, I'm either straight or not. Although I don't believe it when people tell me they're straight anymore. Because then later <laughs> on, they reveal to me that they're not. And I'm like, okay, well, then why'd you say that you were? All you can really believe is somebody telling you whether or not they're into you. That is true. But do straight people exist? Who can say? Who well, can they have say? written in and said that they do. So we can't say that anymore. <laughs> That's right. We can't say that anymore because we support all of our straight listeners. We believe you're valid. We believe in all of because us. Because you tell us that you are. We have to take your word for it. Um, We believe yeah. in you. Anyway, let's do, do some Do you believe plugs. in straight people? I think I do. But it's more better when everybody's queer. This is a great song. Great, yeah! great song. Time for the wrap up. All right, anyway, <laughs> plug time. Um, so at themutantages.com, you can find a lot of information about our show. You can also find our episodes. So you probably know about this website already. But anyway, you can find our email. It's themutantages at gmail.com. Can you explain to me what the Mutant Ages is? No, don't do that. You already know what it is. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's also a Discord server link where you can join and you can tell us corrections and omissions in any episode that you want. And we will be in there and we'll see them. But you can also just talk to other cool mutants who listen to the show and hang out. Um, and we have a voicemail inbox, which is one five zero eight three one nine one six six eight. And you can leave us a message, sing us a song, whatever you want. Yeah, we want more. We want more X Men karaoke. Come on, yes, make it happen. Absolutely. And also, we have a PO box where you can send us physical mail at PO Box three three four four, Natick, Massachusetts oh one seven six zero. You should write in. Write in yeah. literally. Right, right, like, down right on a piece right of in. paper. Why not? Hell yeah. Um, do you want to talk about social media? Yeah. Okay. So social media, it's out there. We have it. The <laughs> yep. Mutant Ages is everywhere. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok. And we're individually on social media. I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and I'm at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. And I am at Middy Myers on all of those places. And Ryan, you have a YouTube channel. It's not I social do. media, but you should probably mention no, it No, I'm going to promote it. I do have a YouTube channel, which I have an adventure vlog, and I go to places, I do fun things, I get out there and do stuff. At some point when the pandemic is over, I intend to travel and do some resort stuff, so that will be fun. But right now, it's like mostly like checking out stuff that's in the New England area. I went to a beach last week. I also went to this sweet arcade that was 10 bucks to play unlimited games, which was really fucking awesome mm-hmm. uh so that's really cool um i also have a twitch channel in which i'm streaming the marvel's avenger game right that's now that's right you're doing that on saturday nights always or no just it's like it's right now it's like any night that i'm free to do that and like i'm gonna just, i'm trying to develop a schedule but I, I don't know what that is yet mm-hmm. so we're just we're testing out the waters it's been really positive and 
shout out to everybody that's popped in from the Mutant Ages Discord that has been like playing the game alongside me. We've been having a really great time. Bruce Banner's butt is absolutely beautiful in that game. <laughs> yeah, he's very cute in that game. We also have a YouTube channel for the Mutant Ages. Yes, oh, I should we say that. Do. By the way, the Twitch channel is Ryan Pichella. I forgot to say the name of the channel. Okay, but the Mutant Ages channel is also important because if similar to the Twitch channel, we are playing every X-Men video game on there. Yes, Sometimes we, are. we match up clips of this show with the animation of the cartoons or the movies. Sometimes we dress up as X-Men and we yeah. put that up. Sometimes we put up a video of us doing that when we were teenagers. Sometimes and- we do openings of our our mail, our physical ma- mailbox mail, mail, mail. <laughs> mail, 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 mail. <laughs> Mailbox mail. All right. Oh so yeah, that's at the Mutant so Ages. Go out, subscribe. Yeah, check out the, the YouTube channel for the, the Mutant Ages because there's so much stuff on there that it's basically like the companion piece to this show so if you just can't get enough why wouldn't you do that just can't get enough okay but also if you just can't get enough and you can afford to pay some money you should go to patreon.com slash the mutant ages and you get weekly episodes of us talking about wandavision at least for the moment and pretty soon you're going to get an episode on this feed of, of us talking about all of WandaVision once it ends. But until yes. then, there's Patreon only episodes and there's a bunch of other stuff on the Patreon, too, like Ryan's behind the scenes stuff and like old pictures of me being Jean Grey at a party that we had when we were in high school and, you know, yep. all kinds of weird shit. So if you can afford to pay, then please consider backing the show. Yeah. And if you back at the highest tier. We give you a shout out on the show. I don't we really do. know if Warren There's has like a, a voice that you can. I don't. Do. I mean, like in this episode, he doesn't. He's just like, "Thank you, Samuel B. Soren B. Zach S. <laughs> Merry Christmas, and please don't hate yourself like I hate myself." Like that's really sad. <laughs> like I mean, that that's like oh my god, what he sounds like though. That was a pretty good imitation. That is kind of like I don't know. Anyway, so. Uh, but for real, thank you for supporting us. We appreciate your support. We're a completely oh, fan-supported oh, oh, show. Merry we don't Christmas. have any sponsors, so please support us on Patreon because that is the best way to directly help us out on the show. That's right. Or buying something in the store where we have a Bishop saying time travel is real t-shirt and other merch featuring that and also stuff with the Munich's logo on it. That's a way you can Hell support yeah. the show with a one-time payment and also get some merch out of it but let's say you can't afford to do any of that stuff which is very relatable in these times you could just write us an apple podcast review or rate and yep. review us on facebook that works too. yeah or, or whatever or you listen to us on share us on your personal social media and be like hey i like this show i think it's fun here's yeah. my favorite episode you should listen to it and if you don't want to write a review you can always leave us a star rating that's so that's right that's always it helps increase our visibility yes and it helps decrease our invisibility that's right uh so next <laughs> week is Wait, hold on. So we're about to get this wrong in the next few minutes, but next week's episode actually is our WandaVision spoilerific review episode of the whole first season. We bring Todd on, of course, and we break it down, talk about all the comic book history and all of our thoughts on that wacky show. So yeah, look forward to that. And then the following week, we're going to watch the next episode of Evolution, which we'll talk about here. Next week is Mindbender, which is about Mastermind, a.k.a. Master Brain. Master Brain. Oh, wow. That's right. Great. We'll have to do a spotlight on him, too. Uh, <laughs> so is he is he going to be uh, what is what's the fuck his name? Drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you have to you have to think of a pokemon now every time that is similar he, to he, the character he turns into, oh my god what's the name of the character he turns into it's like hypnosis it's yeah, like i think it's just that. hypno it's hypno we're right yep can't wait to get to know drowsy psychic type pokemon drowsy on next week's episode of excellent evolution yep 
This yep. is Pokemon X Men. I don't know. I'm losing my fucking mind. Well, All right. we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bada bing, bada boom. Another episode. Bada bing, bada boom. Where's Logan? The mutant.